Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, September 16th, 2019, and today we are continuing our overview of the book of Luke and Acts, and today we will be joined by Josh Caldwell, our Vice President for International Programs, as he leads us through the theme of the Holy Spirit that we see throughout the book of Acts. He will help us look through the way that the Holy Spirit spreads in the book of Acts, and he will help us see the ways that Jesus foretold and promised that the Holy Spirit would come, and then he'll help us also as well look at the functions of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to continue our overview of Acts and Luke, and we'll focus on the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to look at several scriptures, both in Luke and Acts, and see the seven activities of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Rick Morton helped put together an outline for our time today, and I'm very thankful for that. As I pray today, we'll encourage you by the number of scripture we will look at and think about what the Holy Spirit's activities are in our life. We're going to start out by looking at Acts 2. And as we think about everything that happened in chapter 1 of Acts is leading up to the Spirit coming in chapter 2. Over 40 days they had listened to the teaching of their Lord. We see in Acts 1-3 and in Acts 1-8 we see that they knew they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth and that the Holy Spirit would empower them for the mission of God for His name to be spread among the nations. And it leads us to Acts 2 today. So we're going to look at Acts 2, 1 through 4 as our main verse, and then we'll begin to look at other parts of Luke and Acts that talk about the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. The time was the day of Pentecost, which Luke noted with a phrase that is literally translated, the day of Pentecost was fulfilled. The time of waiting was over for the Spirit to come. The event of Pentecost is described here in three areas, a sound, a sound like a, uh, that filled the house, like a mighty rushing wind. Tongues appeared. And the third is that they were filled with the spirit and began to speak. This event was audible and physical and empowering. Dr. David Platt references this verse and asks, can you imagine this happening? And he says this, Can you imagine this? Like imagine being in a worship gathering in your church and you've gathered in that place and suddenly there comes from heaven a sound like a rushing wind. You can't feel this wind, but you can hear it. Picture hurricane force winds that you can hear fill the house where you are sitting. That will wake you up on a Sunday morning. If you trust in Christ for salvation, you have the spirit of God inside of you. Might this compel you to open your mouth and proclaim the good news to those around you? You've got hurricane-type winds that you hear, and then divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Like, what was that like? Divided tongues of fire. Imagine looking at a person next to you and seeing a fire tongue. 
Would you try to blow it out? Like, what was going on there? He goes on to say, and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. They they started to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterances. Everybody started speaking in different languages that they couldn't have spoken before. They are declaring the wonders of God in multiple languages. Well, today we are going to look at Scripture in both in Acts and Luke to remind us and to see this same spirit and power that fell on the people that day is the same power and spirit that comes on us. Are you a follower of Christ? Have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if so, that same spirit that we will take a few minutes to look at today is upon you. And remind yourself that when you don't know what to say and when you don't want to trust and you don't understand the purposes that Let's remember that the Spirit of God is in us. He is inside of us for a purpose, for a purpose on mission, as we see in Acts 1.8. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit that has come upon you, and you will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. So we're going to spend the rest of our time looking at the seven activities of the Spirit. The first activity of the Spirit is found in Luke 1, 67, and it is the prompting prophecy. And we see this from Zechariah's prophecy. Luke 1, 67 says this, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord of God of Israel, and he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David. This is a prophecy that was prompted by the Spirit. And we'll also see this in Acts 1, 6. Brothers, the scripture had been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. We also see this in Acts eleven twenty eight, And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world, and this took place. You see three prophecies that were here that was that were that were called upon by the Spirit. And this is the first activity that we see in Luke and Acts. It was an activity of the Spirit. The second activity that we see of the Spirit was was a, a activity of action, prompting action. And we see this first in Luke 4, 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. He was led. He was prompted to have action by leading him through there. Acts 8, 26 through 30 also says, And now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, toward the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and returning, seating in his, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go and join his chariot. This was a prompting of action from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit told Philip to go, to go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran. 
he obeyed the Spirit. He ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and to sit with him. And this is an incredible idea of a prompting of action that led to um, someone being able to sit and talk about our Lord. So the first activity of the Spirit that we see here is a prompting of prophecy. And the second is a prompting of action. And the third is a teaching. Luke 12, 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you that very hour what you ought to say. How many times do we live in our life and we're not sure exactly what to say? And oftentimes that leads us not to say anything. But the Holy Spirit will lead and teach us what to say in those in that very hour when we ought to say it. The fourth activity of the Spirit is appointing or setting apart. We find this in Acts 13 too. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. We also see this in Acts 20, 28. Paul was speaking with the Ephesian elder, and it says this, And now, behold, I know that none of a, among you I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves, to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So the Holy Spirit has made him overseers. And then it goes on to say, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And I love these, both of these examples are being set apart or being put in charge of caring for others. The Spirit's activity of appointing and setting apart is incredibly important. Let's move on to number five, which is forbidding. So oftentimes we think of the Spirit leading us to action to do something or leading us in a direction to open a door. What, what about closing one? And we see this in Acts 16, and we've probably all heard this story of the Macedonian call where Paul is being led and it says that being forbidden by the Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Uh, this is in Acts 16, verses 6 and 7, and we read on in verse 7, and it says, When they had come up to Masai, they were uh, attempted to go, and the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go. And we know what happens next, that they were led uh, to Macedonia, where Paul uh, saw a man standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. It was a vision that Paul had at night. And when Paul had this vision, immediately they sought into going to Macedonia. And why did they do that? Why did the Lord forbid them from going to one area? It was so that they could preach the gospel in another area. The Spirit had forbidden Paul to go into a certain direction, but he led him in another direction to preach the gospel. It's an incredible uh, example of seeing the Holy Spirit lead. So let's, let's think about the first one was to prompt prophecy, the first activity. The second activity was prompting action. The third is teaching. 
the fourth was appointing or setting apart, and the fifth was forbidding. The sixth activity of the Holy Spirit is leading decisions. We see this in Acts 15, 27 through 30. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what was sacrificed and idols and from blood and from what has been uh, strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well. Um, this is a great picture of the Spirit leading in the decisions that were made. And number seven is filling people, filling people up. And if we go back to Acts 2, 2 through 4, we see that the people were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them. The first kind of sub-point here is to proclaim the gospel. So why are people filled up with the Holy Spirit? The first point is to proclaim the gospel. People are filled up with the Holy Spirit also to preach, to preach the good news of Jesus. And we see this in Acts 4, 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this man is standing before you well. This is Jesus, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Feeling, the Holy Spirit was filling his people to proclaim the gospel for people to understand, to preach the good news, and then third, to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And next was to empower a witness of Jesus. And we are witnesses to these things. So is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given those who obey him. This is in Acts 5.32 And lastly, he has filled his people with the Holy Spirit to see the glory of God in Jesus. Acts 7.55 But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God in Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So let's be encouraged today as we think about the Holy Spirit and what he has, what the Holy Spirit means and the activities of the Holy Spirit in us. If we are followers of Christ and followers of Christ and we have put our trust in him, we are filled with the spirit to proclaim what we just learned about filled up. We are filled with the spirit to proclaim the gospel of Jesus to a hurting world. We are filled with the spirit to preach his word. We are filled with the spirit to speak boldly the truth of Jesus and we are filled with the spirit to empower a witness of Jesus and to see the glory of God each and every day. 
the Holy Spirit of Luke and Acts is actively working in the lives of the followers of Jesus Christ today. Well, thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week, we are praying for the country of Hong Kong, praying especially as the unrest continues to spread in Hong Kong. We pray that local believers will manifest the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children, even through the unrest. The church will be protected and the gospel will continue to go forth. We pray for the safety for Mother's Choice staff, foster families, and caregivers, as well as the children during these ongoing protests. We pray that believers would rest in the sovereignty of the Lord, even amongst seemingly hopeless political and social unrest. We pray for local families to begin to open, be open to significant medical special needs for domestic adoption. We pray that God would provide loving, stable caregivers for children while they wait. We pray for the social welfare department, that they would improve and streamline their process to avoid children waiting much longer than needed. We pray for the leadership at Mother's Choice, that they would be convicted to be uncompromising in their Christian values, and that they would continue to find favor with the social welfare department. We praise the Lord for the many mission-minded families in the program who are waiting with hope despite unusually long time frames. We praise the Lord for the excellence with which Mother's Choice serves the children in their care. And we praise the Lord for Hong Kong's unique relationship with China and the opportunity for the gospel to flourish in this region. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would be with the unrest that's going on in Hong Kong. We pray that you would do uh, things well beyond ways we could ever begin to hope or imagine that would provide for this country, that would uh, sh- that would bring this unrest uh, to, to a close, Lord, that the freedoms that the people of Hong Kong have enjoyed would continue to remain, Lord, and so that they would be able to continue to have these freedoms so that the gospel could go forth to mainland China. We pray that you would continue to bring mission-minded families who could love on these children and care for them and show them the way of the gospel. And Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Hong Kong to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be equipped uh, to go and to take the gospel. We pray that the gospel would overcome Hong Kong. We thank you for our partner, Mother's Choice. We thank you for the convictions that they have, for the stances that they have. We pray that they would continue to uh, stand strong. We pray for the families in this process. We pray that they would be continue to be encouraged, that they would continue to persevere, and Lord, that you would use their pursuit of these children for your glory, your honor, and your namesake. It's in your name we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.